Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. We are hosting the show from New York today. Tony, what's your favorite thing about being back in New York? Visiting our son. Doesn't he look good? Too wow. good. Doesn't he look oh, good? Oh, great. Like yes. 12 inches in one summer. So I've got Very a lot of laundry we'll take care of your laundry. Just get rid of that. Tony, you smell amazing. Thank you so a much. A Victor Mature-like scent. Thank you for going back to the 1940s. You older if you need to. I'm the only one here who does that. I do it for you. Welcome to PTI in New York, boys and girls. In today's episode, Ben Simmons rises. A Pat Riley rumor and Stephen A. Smith joins us for five good minutes. But we begin today with a report from Jeff Passan of ESPN that explains in part why White Sox shortstop Tim Anderson was suspended one game this afternoon for his dust-up with Kansas City pitcher Brad Keller, who himself was suspended five games today. It wasn't because of a bat flip or a scuffle. It was because Anderson reportedly called Keller a, and I'm quoting here, weak-ass bleeping N-word, unquote. I'm sort of quoting there, according mm-hmm. to sources. Will Bond, should Anderson have been suspended for this? No. And let me start off by saying I, I, I understand Joe Torre and Rob Manfred are trying to police the culture as every industry does, every workplace, including ours. And people don't want certain things said. They don't want certain sensibilities offended. And they don't want race brought into a conversation. I I get all of that. And now let me say this, which is going to get some people angry. Okay, Rob Manfred and Joe Torrey, neither of whom is of color, needs to stay the hell out of this. Bring in a black deputy if you need to. Recuse yourself. Stay out of it. You know, I probably once angered you. We were talking about the N-word a few years ago as we had to because it bubbled up a lot in sports. And I said, Tony, I love you to death, but you don't get a vote in this. Let me say who I, to, Rob, to Joe Torrey and Rob Manfred, who I don't know just a little, they certainly don't get a vote in this. Yeah. They need to leave the N-word alone and any adjudication involving it. So I can't speak to this from the perspective of a black man, obviously. I, I can't do that. And I know that that word appears in the popular culture available to both white kids and black kids in music and in literature and all of that stuff. But I will tell you, it's a very scary word, Mm -hmm. very frightening word for white people. Mm -hmm. And we don't know what to do around it. And if a league as a place of business decides and everybody sort of agrees, we're not going to have this word, whatever that word is. And somebody uses that word. I don't think it absolves that person. I don't think the scale can be sort of sliding like that, depending on where the culture is. I would say, if you don't want the word, no matter who uses it, you got to get rid of that My guy. My scale doesn't slide. More so than not having a word, I don't want them yeah. applying discipline yeah. because of it. And surely, Joe Torrey and Rob Manfred, as smart as they are, they must understand. So now we're going to sit here as black men and have white men tell us when we can or cannot so use the N-word. You and I can joke with each other as friends, but we can't do something in anger. There's a great scene in the most recent True Detective with a white cop and a black cop. And the white cop gets right up to the line on that word. Mm-hmm. And the black cop looks at him and he backs away from the word. But the message is clear. He would have used it if he could. Right. I don't know. I don't know that some people can use it and some people can't. Tony, that may be the case. But that's in maybe a discussion and it's live time. Yeah. They had time to think about this. Okay. Stay away from it. We move now to the Golden State Warriors having no trouble with the Los Angeles Clippers and Kevin Durant having no trouble with Patrick Beverly. The Warriors were up by as many as 35 points late in the third, and Durant only had to play 29 minutes. But in those 29, he took 23 shots, he scored 38 points. 
Well, Bond, does Durant need to play this way more often? No, not necessarily, because Durant is not a one-man team. Because Steph Curry can play like that, because Klay Thompson can play like that, because they have three great stars, and others can pitch in with contributions, Andre Iguodala, yep. and on Draymond Green. These guys can, can, can play well in any combination and win multiple championships. And one of them was one without Mr. Durant. That's right. So this is great That's when he right. plays like this. Yeah. They may be unbeatable when he plays like that, but he doesn't need to. So I had this one yesterday. You I did. told you, said you he's gonna that shoot. he would take at least 20 shots because Steve Kerr 22, wanted 23. that 23. Steve Kerr in 39 minutes. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, in 29 minutes. Right. So Steve Kerr wanted that, even though Durant had said, I don't want to play like that. What makes this question interesting is the word need. Need is a tricky word. Right. Because of what you're saying, there's other great players there. I suspect, though, and you have pointed towards this, the next series. I think this is the Kevin Durant that Houston needs to see. I think if Kevin Durant against Houston takes eight or nine shots, I, I think you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. I think it's a mistake. Well, Tony, I'm not saying he needs to be lesser. I'm yeah. just saying if Kevin Durant has a night, let's just say he's shooting it poorly, and he goes four for 19, that happens. Sure. They are not necessarily done. No, I'm talking about the mindset. I mean, if he walks in and he says, I'm not going to shoot Oh, tonight. no, no, you don't no, want no, that either. That. You want to have all those guys at full strength. And, and I up. suspect that what happened in this particular circumstance was he finally said, you know what, I'm not letting Beverly get to Well, Steve, I'm not letting that happen. I, I don't think he could have been on the verge of that. But Steve Kerr sort of took it out of play, didn't he? A yeah. nice piece of coaching, yes. by the way. Yes, yes, yes. But you know what? If they go into the Houston series and Durant has a game where he shoots because of the way the defense plays it nine or ten times and leaves Steph Curry open, or Klay Thompson has one of those 35-point quarters, no, they, gotta... they can be okay. Yeah, yeah. They really yeah, yeah, yeah. can. Half an hour before Nets Sixers tipped off nearby in Brooklyn last night, some dude named Mike Wilbon Who? that Joel Embiid absolutely had to play. Oops. Embiid, to the surprise of even his teammates, did not play. And as it turned out, he didn't need to. Ben Simmons came to the rescue by making 11 of 13 shots, scored a career playoff high 31 to lead the Sixers past the Nets. With a 2-1 series lead, the Nets probably won't, I'm sorry, the Sixers probably won't even play Embiid tomorrow in game four. So what's the bigger deal for the Sixers, Tony? How Simmons played or that Embiid did not? The bigger deal to this question is how Simmons played. He had 31 points, he had a nine assists, so that's 50 points. He accounted for 50 points, and without those 50 points, they're not going to win. But in the next round, and you always have to look to the next round, in the next round, when presumably they would play Toronto, yes. if Embiid doesn't play, they're done. Embiid has to play. And this is the short-term problem for the Sixers and the long-term problem for the Sixers. Embiid's availability, Embiid's health. It is, Tony. So I'm going to agree with you there and go back for a second to Ben Simmons, who can be brilliant Despite having no jump shot. And, and so much of the talk about Ben Simmons every day, day in, day out, whether you're in Philly or anywhere else around the league where people pay attention, is about what he can't do. There's plenty he can do. He can impact the game in so many ways, whether it's rebounding, passing, blocking shots. He, he can just get to spots like he did last night anywhere on the floor he wants to, even without the jump shot. Long-term, right. Tony, That's he's right. going to need it. Perhaps for Philadelphia to break through the pack and win it all, he's going to need it. But Ben Simmons is still a great player. And, and that's player. fine. But they don't win without Embiid. Embiid, that's in, right. a, in a business suit, doesn't no, do them any good. Got to play. As great as Simmons is, he cannot carry 
Not all yet. of that. By the way, would you play Embiid tomorrow or would you sit him? I'd sit him. With the 2-1 lead, I'd you sit him. him. I would sit him. Sure. We talked about this on First Take today. And that appearance filled a very big hole in my resume. <laughs> Will Von, you and Stephen A. Smith said that you've heard Jeannie Buss is looking at bringing Pat Riley back to run the Lakers. Now, he certainly had great success with the Lakers. And he certainly had great success with LeBron James. Riley says he's not interested. But would this be a good fit for Riley and for the Lakers? I, I mean, if Pat Riley says he's not interested, I absolutely take him at his word that he's not interested. Would the Lakers be somehow well-served by having Pat Riley? Yes, of course they would. And I st- in the position of president where he is sort of running things, as he did with the Miami Heat all these years. Um, primarily because he's had this relationship and the pull and push of it with LeBron James. And LeBron James, however much he might want to run everything, Not with Pat he has accepted Pat that Riley. 100%. It resulted 100%. in two of his three rings. That's right. And if he's looking to get back on board in the big action in the spring, in the basketball playoffs, then Pat Riley would work. But, Tony, don't you take Pat Riley at his word? I do, but but we're talking about, in theory here, what okay. would happen. If Pat Riley wanted to complete the cycle of life and wanted to go back out to Los Angeles, this might be attractive to him because the Miami team is not in a position not to win enough. right now. Right. And the Lakers, because how they can attract people, they might be a lot closer. My, my thoughts about this is there are three great Laker names in the area of coaching and, and managerial area. There's Phil Jackson, there's Pat Riley, and there's Jerry West. And you'll forgive me, Jerry West is ahead of the others. Jerry West is ahead of the others. But what Pat Riley has that neither of the other two have is success as a coach and success in running a team. He's done both of those well. So for that reason, he might be the most attractive candidate. Though if it was my money, Jerry West would be I'd most try attractive to get Jerry. Jerry. But try Jerry get West Jerry. is already in the building. Yeah, he don't have he to move. He has not left the building. Right. He has left the team. The parking spot is still there for Jerry West. So That would be, you talk about something that's that the coup. turn that's Southern the coup. California upside down. Yeah, that's the coup right there. I can't believe we're going to go from talking about Pat Riley and Jerry West to some NFL senior scheduler's remorse. But this cat, Mike North, is feeling bad because he put Tampa Bay on the road for 49 straight days. That's right. The Buccaneers will not play at home from September 29 until November 3rd. North told NFL Radio, quote, I'm hopeful that we didn't do something to the Buccaneers that they feel like was really unfair. Close quote. Tony, isn't this guy stressing too much over his role in this? And would you actually consider trying to do it over? They should redo it. They're not going to redo it. But I will tell you this. They would never have done this to the Patriots. They would never have done this to the Steelers. And make damn sure they wouldn't do this to the Cowboys. The way this works out, from week three to week ten, they're not playing at home. Their season could be over by then. And then there's no reason for their fans to come to any of the games. That'll be stacked at home for the rest of the way. So I... It's Tampa Bay. They're an irrelevant franchise. You can do it to Tampa Bay, and all you get as a result is a guy goes on radio and goes, oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't disagree with you more. What, what they're not asking Tampa Bay to do is play three consecutive absolute road games. And that happens in the NFL. They do ask teams, somebody every year plays three you straight road games. You need to explain that to people. Here's how I'm going to explain it. Technicality. They play two straight road games, and then Tampa plays in a place where the owner would rather play than anywhere else because he also, they also own Manchester United or some big stake they in it. They play in London. Okay, they want they play in London. Now everybody has to back, play in but London But they want to point. play and sell T-shirts in London, you know this. And then they come back and play two more road games. That 
that's their deal. If they did, they you think they screamed bloody murder because they had to play that week in London? No, when but he, when they no, own no, the no. Manchester no, United franchise, no, it's just franchise? like Jacksonville never gets angry when they play. So in I London. don't want to hear the one. But if you go from week three to week ten without a home game because of London and because of a bye, yeah. that's like seven. In a bye. Weeks. Can you imagine that? Yeah, I can. It's. No, it's terrible. That's yeah, I just that's, that's wrongful. That's not that right. is wrongful. And it only happens Stop. to teams Stop. that are irrelevant. Are you saying a- that owner is irrelevant? Didn't he pay the same amount of money for his franchise? I'm going to tell you team? that could happen to another team like the Washington Redskins because they were relevant in the standards. Let's take a break. Coming up, what should we expect from Russell Westbrook tonight? We're going to ask Stephen A. Smith. We'll also ask him if the playoffs are better without LeBron James. I don't have my real earpiece. I'm not Why not? He doesn't know. travel from Washington to New I York. It. It's, I have I, mine. I, I, I don't have it. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because, yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. If you're just joining us, Wilbon and I are in New York, which gives us a wonderful opportunity to welcome to the set our great, great friend from First Take, Stephen A. Smith. And in your honor, I'm going to put on this Look hat. Look at that. You, please. I didn't get a hat. It is my honor to be here with the fellas. I didn't get a hat. What's no, going on? You don't, you don't get, get a hat. hat. Good to have you. <laughs> you don't Glad get a hat. You ready to go? To here. here we ready. go. Question number one. Yes. Wilbon can't stand Russell Westbrook. He's we know this to be true. He's back on the court tonight. He's down 0-2 and he's blaming himself. What do you expect tonight? I expect a big-time performance from Russell Westbrook. When you look at him, if you think about his career, it's rare in the day where you've seen somebody be able to point to someone getting the better of him. You've seen him. He hasn't had that great of a performance, and you've lamented that. Last year, Ricky Rubio had a game or two where he was a little bit decent against Russell Westbrook, and Russell Westbrook in the postgame conference said, we're going to put an end to that bleep, okay? And sure enough, they did. Even though they lost the series, you didn't hear much from Ricky Rubio. You heard a lot more from Donovan Mitchell. In this particular instance, you've got Damian Lillard, an all-star, somebody I believe deserves strong consideration for all NBA first team at that point guard spot, averaging 27 and 7 this year. He's averaging 29 and a half points the first two games of this series. Russell Westbrook, in the meantime, is shooting 10% from three point range. Wow. They are down 0 to 2. I think Russell Westbrook on his home turf, feeding off the energy of that crowd. I think he's going to respond to the challenge. I'm not saying he's going to get the better of Damian Lillard because Damian Lillard is no Ricky Rubio. He's something special. But in the end, if there was ever a night that Damian Lillard and those boys need to be ready for somebody coming directly at them, it's tonight in game three with Russell Westbrook. 38, 15, and 13. For Russell Westbrook, he's going to be great. That'd he's going to be great. For you Let me go in another place where I'm happy to disagree with him. Mm-hmm. I think it's good for the league, as much as we all hate to see LeBron James removed mm-hmm. from these playoffs, absent from these playoffs. I think it's great for the league to look at all the other storylines, teams, players that people don't talk about like him because he wants to talk about LeBron all the time, 24-7. I think it's good for the league. For LeBron to not be in these playoffs in terms of everyone else, 
You say what? I wouldn't go that far, Will. I wouldn't go that it's far. It's not revisionist. I, I, LeBron James's box office, he's the creme de la creme when it comes to the NBA. I think it's best to see him get knocked off in the playoffs than to see him never have gotten there because of injury. Now, obviously, if you play all 82 games and you're healthy throughout the season and you just stink up the joint and your team doesn't get it done, that would be different. But we all know if LeBron James hadn't suffered that groin injury on Christmas Day, hadn't missed 17 consecutive games and 18 overall, the likelihood is that the Los Angeles Lakers would have been in the postseason. And then LeBron in the postseason, you want to see what happens. I think it's best, rather than to be a non-participant, to be a participant and have somebody knock you off your pedestal. I think that's a more attractive storyline. I think it's the one. It's more sa- and not it only that, it's not it only more satisfying for fans, but it would have been satisfactory because LA would have been in the playoffs, albeit briefly, True. before somebody would have knocked them out. I think that would have been better. He doesn't think it's satisfying for fans in Milwaukee and Orlando. And of course, it's satisfying for them because they're in the playoffs and they get some attention. Why don't you? Why don't you just tell the truth? What that you felt when LeBron went to LA that you too would be going to LA all the time because, <laughs> we both because, felt because it would be a LeBron-centric <laughs> yes. network. Yes. And you're angry. Yes. Go to the next question. Yes. All right, the Rockets are rolling, mm. rolling. But do you like to watch James Harden and? What do you think of him clowning people now? He's gone to that regularly. I think that James Harden is one of the most brilliant offensive players that we've ever seen. Do I like seeing him dance on people rather than moving the basketball around? Not always, but I do marvel at his greatness and the inability of even great players to stop him. When you're averaging 36 points, when you can shoot the three the way that he can, when you can get to the hole the way that he does, when you can sit up there and pass the way that he can pass, it has you thinking about saying, President Oklahoma City Thunder and saying, you lost this dude when you, all you had to give him was $4 million. Not $4 million per year. Just come up with four more million dollars. And they wouldn't give that for James Harden. It's like, wow. But still in all, the clowning and stuff like that, I don't like that. I didn't particularly like Houston. Some of those guys leaving the bench before a victory over the Knicks near the tail end of the regular season. They're classier than that. They weren't classy that night. When you're James Harden, the reigning league MVP, when you're CP3, the president of the Players Association, and that kind of stuff is happening on your watch with your team, y'all are bigger than that. Yeah, it's and disdainful. That's it's mean. I don't like it at all. Yeah. We're going to get you out of here on this, and now you have to be brief, which I know is impossible for you to be. <laughs> but cry, brief, because we're running out of time. We are both native New Yorkers. Yes. Is there any hope for the next <laughs> year term? No, no, there's none. No. I, I mean, love I, that. I say this. There is hope if they get the number one overall pick in Zion, because it may actually be the thing that attracts a marquee free agent or two to 100%. come to New York. 100%. Outside of that, there's no hope in hell. Our misery will be perpetual. And I, I just don't know how, and endless, I don't know what else to say. Well, we always had feel for both of you. with the two left-handed shots 50 That was a long ago. time ago. <laughs> 50 years ago. Thank 51, Tony. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> First take airs weekdays at 10 Eastern. Let's take one last break and still to come. The Spurs won game three, but should Paul Millsap be so sure that the Nuggets will win game four? And one week after taking a puck where you don't want one, Logan Couture loses some chicklets. Oh, the puck was here where you don't want it. I thought it was way, somewhere else. The Jets have only this, and the Knicks have only that. I don't I'm glad you remember that. That's all we got. I don't remember that. Oh, I know about it, the but captain. I don't remember that. I was one. The captain. <laughs> I was one. You should have been. Happy time, people. Happy 33rd birthday, Candace Parker. 
an All-American at Tennessee, where she helped win two national championships, a five-time WNBA All-Star, two-time MVP, still plays for the Los Angeles Sparks. Now you see her on television as an analyst for Turner on men's college basketball in the NBA. That's right, Tony, Chicago girl. She's brilliant as an analyst. She's on Players Only. She's on Turner. She's terrific right now. you got to think long-term. We're going to be seeing Candace Parker a long time. Happy anniversary, Blake Griffin. On this day five years ago, while with the Clippers, Griffin responded to fouling out of a close loss to the Warriors by casually tossing a cup full of water onto what seemed to be the only Golden State fan in Staples Center. Griffin's with the Pistons now, and despite sitting the first two games of the series with the Bucks, he managed to get a technical foul in each game by yapping at the referees. Yeah, well, he's not going to have to worry about that total of seven, Tony, because he had to be in a while, a couple of series, and then to have that happen. Happy trails to two of Logan Couture's teeth. The center on the San Jose Sharks lost two teeth last night, as you see in this video, after being hit in the face with a stick from the Vegas Golden Knights. Earlier in the Ugh. series, Couture took a puck in the worst possible place, as you can see from this video. We shudder to think what's going to happen to Couture if this series lasts much longer. That video should be banned. Brutal. Burn that video. Time to find out what we messed up, Reality. Look at this. I got a podium. It's like I'm running for office. Buccaneers and Raiders don't play a home game for 49 straight days. Don't forget the Raiders. Unfair. Big finish quickly. Let's do it. The Spurs beat the Nuggets in game three, but Paul Millsap says Denver will, will win game four. You with him? I got the Spurs in this series, but I might take Denver in game four, Tony. Ian Rappaport says the Raiders sent their scouts home. What do you make of that? John Gruden makes all the picks. That's why he gets all the money. Stevie Eiserman returning to the Red Wings as GM. Is that a good fit? He was good with the Lightning. They got to the Stanley Cup Final four years ago. Sox Rays start a three-game series tonight. Who cares? It's significant even in April. The Rays are eight up. Eight up. Last one. Raptors at Magic tonight. Who you got? Ball night, Tony. Yeah, we got oh, Raptors. Here you go. It's a stage play night. We're out of time. We'll doing? try and do better the next time. And I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mike Wilbon. Have a great weekend, knuckleheads. How great is reality? How great is reality? Yeah. <laughs>